my public, my friends, and welcome to another edition of Coyote Gall's podcast with me, Mike Cherpak, your host. And uh, boy, what a difference 48 hours makes, huh? After having uh, covered the Blackhawks game on Thursday and now getting to talk about the game against New Jersey, there's some good, there's a lot of bad, and there were some things that needed to be changed, and it looks like we're addressing some of that by acquiring Taylor Hall. Before we get too far into it, I wanted to go ahead and take a quick second to thank Sabaki Ball International. They're our sponsor. For those of you that don't know, I've been involved with Sabaki Ball since its inception in 2009. It is now played all across the United States. It's very big in Canada. It's played in every province in Canada. And I think a lot of the attraction there is that it's very similar in its strategies to hockey. And one of the things I love about it is non-stop action, literally non-stop for 20-minute periods, similar to hockey. But one of the things that makes it very different is that the goalie in Sabaki Ball actually plays a forward offensive position when the team is in uh, control of the ball. So it just incorporates all of the players all of the time, nonstop. You can check it out at sabakiball.com, S-A-B-A-K-I-Ball.com. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way, I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about the way that the game started against New Jersey the other night, I was a little disappointed. You know, one of the things that I've mentioned to friends, people that I have associations with in regard to hockey, is it's really hard to learn to win. And I mean, it's hard enough to win, but you have to actually learn to win. And I think the game against New Jersey was a good example of just how difficult it could be for a team that's not used to success to be able to keep going game after game after game. And especially when you have an opportunity, we saw this last week, they had a couple of opportunities in the past 10 days to take over first place. And they just kept giving up those games. And then finally, bam, there you are, you're in first place all alone. And uh, with an opportunity to put some distance between yourself and the teams chasing you, and there's teams right on your heels would have been an awesome opportunity to win that game, being that you had both Edmonton and Calgary losing on Saturday. And so uh, it's just hard. It's hard to learn to win. A couple of things that I loved about the game, though, is, and I'm, you know, I was talking a lot of smack about Clayton Keller, and so now I'm going to give him his props. His last three games, I guess I could give him four, but his last three games have been played like a coyote. Looks like he has figured out what he was doing wrong and now jumped back into the system. Going hard to the net, playing hard-nosed hockey, not being afraid to get hit. He, he just looks completely different to me right now, and I hope he stays on track with that power play came through with a goal and that's you know fantastic I'm the first person to say that our power play it runs hot and cold and mostly cold we have trouble enough getting the puck into the offensive zone on the power play let alone scoring a goal and I know statistically you know we're near the top in the NHL being successful with our power play but it's really important because we play a lot of close games that it's not a hot and cold kind of situation. You know, if you're if you're getting four, five, not that they did the other night, but if you're getting four or five power plays in a game, you've got to score on at least one or two of them. It's the difference at the end of the game between winning, losing, or coming away with just one point in those games. Uh, but what a wrist shot by Goligoski. Uh, 
You know, it's funny because when we first picked him up, wasn't a huge fan, but he's really endeared himself to me over the years. And so it was nice to see him continue to put the puck in the net. Uh, other than that, I didn't see a whole lot of good. I mean, we've got some things to talk about here that weren't all that good. Because some people accuse me of having a man crush on Connor Garland. Let me talk a little bit about his game. You know, he's really slowed down as far as, you know, I can see. And I don't know if it's because other teams are keying in on him. That's part of it. There's no doubt. And also, you know, it's funny because we saw this last year. I believe it was about the same time of the year. Clayton Keller's production really dropped off when he started getting hooked, tripped, held, and the calls just were not going his way. And it became very frustrating. And there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to, you know, skate to the bench and look for your opportunity on the next shift. But definitely teams are starting to cling to Connor Garland a little bit more. And being that he's not a great big guy, makes it hard for him to work his magic. So I don't know what has to happen there. I think Clayton Keller kind of picking things up a little bit, that's going to help. Typically, a team can only have so many one-on-one um, -on -one matchups. You know, if you've got two, three, with Taylor Hall coming on, four different guys on a team that an opponent has to match up against, makes it a little bit difficult. So I'm really hoping that bringing Hall on is going to make things a little bit better for Connor Garland. Uh, I have to talk a little bit about, and I've been down on Phil Kessel, and I'm continuing, and I understand that he brings intangibles to the game. He wasn't with us last year at this time, and we were not playing this way last year. So I'm all on board with that. He does bring something to the team that maybe the average fan, you're looking at the game, you don't see it. I really wish he would learn not to add that little deke at the blue line. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He's notorious for hitting just about to the blue line and then stick handling just a little bit and pulling that puck back. And uh, man, there have been a couple of really great opportunities and a couple just in the game against New Jersey where we had a real good opportunity for a three on two and and uh, everybody was heading across the blue line. He did that one little stick handle and uh, boom, offside. So I, I, I wish he would take a look at some of that uh, film. But the thing that really killed us was the turnovers. I can't remember the last game that the Coyotes turned the puck over as much as they did. Uh, and it was in both ends of the ice, both defensively and offensively behind the back passes in the defensive zone that ended up on the stick of a Devils player. Uh, in the offensive zone, having some good pressure going, getting good cycle going, and then give the whole thing up by putting the puck onto the opponent's stick. And one of the things we've been really good about this season, in my opinion, is uh, being on the winning end of those turnover battles. And from the very first drop of the puck the other night against New Jersey, it just wasn't happening. We looked slower. We looked sloppier. The guys were not winning the board battles at all. We were not winning the races to the puck. And it really showed. And what made it frustrating for me to watch is I had just come off of putting together a podcast talking about the game against Chicago and going, 
see, this is a first place team playing a last place team. And to go from that game to a similar situation where you have a team that's playing very well in the Coyotes taking on at home, in your own home, a team that's not playing well in the New Jersey Devils, this is a game you got to win. This is a game that you, you can't go, we're going to take these guys for granted, and we're going to come out there, we're going to rest a little bit, get ready for the more important games. you gotta, you got to come out there and get these points now at this time of the season. Think about this. The more points you pick up at the beginning of the season, and the Coyotes are doing a good job, but the more points you pick up at the beginning of the season when guys are fresh and for the most part healthy, those points are going to carry you through into the playoffs when you get to the last third of the season because no matter which team you are, this is a grind. The NHL, and for those of you that are new to hockey, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm a big sports guy. There's nothing like the grind of an NHL season. Football players, oh, man, yeah, those guys take a beating 16 times. And then they're in the playoffs, hopefully. As a hockey player, a lot of these guys, they're taking that same kind of beating for 80-plus games, assuming that they're not injured at some point or given a rest during the season. So when you get to the final third of the season, it really helps when you've accumulated points that are going to carry you through and get you into the playoffs. Because those games at the end of the season, and we saw this last year, they're hard to win. They're hard to win. You're playing teams that are hungry. You're playing teams that are on the cusp. They want to get in. You're already there. You just need to finish out your season. And you've got two or three guys that are not dressing for those games uh, because of injuries or just because they need the rest. And uh, so you've got to be able to win the games you're supposed to win at the beginning of the season, first half of the season. Win the games you're supposed to win. There's going to be games you're going to lose, and you were expected to lose those games. But on these games, like we played against New Jersey the other night, a team in transition, obviously, a team that's starting over, obviously, you've got to be able to take advantage of that, especially when you're in your own house. Speaking of which, it was nice to see the face-offs being won. I think we, we just about doubled up on these guys and uh, on Saturday, and that's something that in my podcast the other day, I was when I was talking about the game against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, we have started to come out of the losing end of the face-off circle. And at the beginning of the season, it was just horrendous. And it, it looked much better. Let me tell you something that I said the other day in case you missed it. When you win face-offs, when you gain control of the puck at that moment, you dictate what's going to happen next. When you lose those face-offs, you're chasing the game. And it's really hard to win when you're constantly chasing the game. But with that said, unless you turn the puck over, and this is what was happening on Saturday, we were winning all these face-offs. And then one pass, two pass, turning the puck over. And you just can't do that, especially when you're playing an inferior team, 
no offense to those of you from New Jersey, but just statistically an inferior team, you gain control of the faceoff almost half the time during a game. You can't just turn that puck over every time. You've got to be able to control that. We're going to take a quick break here because that was about 12 minutes of uh, nonstop talk for me. So I'm going to grab a sip of coffee here. Hang on just for a second. We're going to be right back with you. Don't go anywhere. Hey, folks, if you're looking for an exciting sport, nonstop action without the contact, you have to check out Sabaki Ball. Sabaki Ball is being played all across the United States and Canada, utilizing much of the same strategies of hockey. For more information, check out sabakiball.com. That's S-A-B-A-K-I Ball. Alrighty, well, let's get back into it. Uh, end of the show coming up here. Wanted to touch on just a couple of things having to do with the Taylor Hall acquisition. I actually just became aware of this acquisition right before I started recording and uh, had pulled up some stats from the game against New Jersey. And, of course, it popped right up. And I, I, I like it. And we're going to have to see how it goes because I was really a big fan of the Phil Kessel acquisition over the summer, and I haven't been very uh, excited about it since the start of the season. So, But I think it does a couple of things. As I touched on earlier, it takes some of the pressure off of the guys that are right now starting to get held a little more, starting to get hooked a little bit more. Uh, it's going to just add an element where another team that's – watching you guys come in, they have to make sure they're matching up well against you. And the Coyotes now have a good, I mean, it's a big acquisition. You've got Oliver ekman Larson, you've got Phil Kessel, you've got Connor Garland, you've got what will become, hopefully, a star player in Clayton Keller. I mean, Derek Stepan's a big guy big guy when it comes to making plays and scoring big goals. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I know I'm leaving guys out, but you add Taylor Hall in this mix, I mean, does somebody take Dvorak? Do they take Hall? And what we gave up for Hall, I, I think was good. I think, I can't believe that we got him without giving up a Vinny Henestrosa or without giving up um, uh, a Demers, somebody on the back end. I mean, it was amazing to me when I looked at the uh, trade that we didn't have to give up any starters in order to get this guy. I guess some people are saying that he's not who he was, what, two years ago? Come on, man. I, I think sometimes getting yourself into a new situation, a new environment, exactly what you need. And I, I think that he's got guys around him on the Coyotes already who are good playmakers, who can make a goal scorer, uh, this team could be a goal scorer's dream. I was watching some highlights of his season last year and the year before, and I saw a lot of the things that excited me, same things that excited me about Phil Kessel. He's got a wicked shot, very accurate. Uh, I hope he'll actually take the shot and utilize the skill. Um, I think that it adds a dimension of depth to the team that we didn't maybe have a day ago. And so just looking up and down the roster now at four lines, 
I mean, I guess on the one hand, you're looking at who's going to sit when you've been winning games. You've obviously got chemistry going, and now you need to sit somebody. And who's that going to be? But it sure does light a fire under everybody else, if you think about it, because there's just not enough room. It also begs the question, are they looking at another move here? Because you just made available somebody who's been playing starting all season long, and uh, now you've got room to make that move. So I don't know. It's hard when you make these kinds of trades during the season because you're playing well, you're in first place. There's uh, obviously a lot going on in the locker room that's good. And uh, then all of a sudden you put bring in a new guy, talented guy, albeit, but now you've got to sit somebody that you were playing up till now. It can be a tricky, tricky situation. I'm excited. I'd like, I'm, I'm glad to have made the trade. I'm hoping that it's going to pan out. Just imagine, imagine Clayton Keller continuing to build from just four games ago, continuing to catch on fire. Imagine Phil Kessel actually getting it going and starting to shoot the puck and score some goals and add to that mix Taylor Hall on top of an already productive Dvorak, Garland. I, I mean, you've, you've got a team. This is a bona fide team. Of course, they're still not going to talk about the Coyotes on the uh, regular media, the mainstream media, because Lord knows hockey just doesn't work in the Valley, as they say. I was wondering something. Maybe you guys can weigh in. Get me on Twitter, at Coyote Calls Pod, and tell me what you think of this. I was wondering, I didn't know anything about basketball until I started listening to some of the radio programs, and they talk so much about the Phoenix Suns that... I know a lot about basketball now. Still not interested in watching it, but I know a lot about it. I wonder what comes first. If they started talking more about hockey, would people become more interested in hockey and then check out the sport? Or is it that people have to want to hear more about hockey before mainstream media here in the Valley starts talking about it? I think it's the latter. I think that, you know, advertising sells. And until more of us keep on hitting these guys up. Hey, why don't you talk more about the Coyotes? Hey, this is a first place team. Hey, this is a team that's bound for the playoffs. And especially when you look at the, you know, terrible seasons that the other Valley professional sports have had. It's amazing to me that we can't get these guys to cover the Coyotes more. Let me know what you think about that. What comes first, coverage of hockey in the Valley or people begging to have hockey covered in the Valley? Hit me up on Twitter at Coyote Calls Pod, or hit me up on uh, Facebook, Coyote Calls Podcast. And, of course, always you can email me, coyotecallspodcast at gmail.com. That's all the time we've got today. I'm looking forward to the game with newly added Taylor Hall. Let's see a win. Continue on, boys. Until next time, have a great one.